Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blinding me now. Well. <laughs> okay, there we go. That that's what happens to all of us. <laughs> Zoomers. Yeah. <laughs> Walking around with the after images, going, cool, look at that. <laughs> tell you, yeah, so um, um, and base was opened in, 90, in, in in January of this year. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm now with the third exhibition at the moment, which is Kintsugi 2. And, and that's you're, you're, you're too fast. We need to begin, <laughs> begin yeah. the, the, our podcast <laughs> before. So. Okay, no problem. I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to go whenever you are. Yeah. Uh, do you want to make an introduction or should I do that? Okay. Hello, this is Bookish Talk, a shorter version of our Ibo Bonding podcast. And this is our absolutely favorite guest. And I know you're not supposed to have one, but no, this is no. Mark no. Cockrum. As usual, looking here like he's just been entertaining a crowd at Apollo. And, for... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, to, uh, today we'll probably be talking about many different things, but uh, the reason we called Mark today is to discuss his uh, uh, window exhibition project called, and I forgot it again. So, Mark, hi, tell us what it's called. It's, 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 thank you very much, Pavel, for that seamless introduction. Seamless, <laughs> fantastic. Um, the, the, the exhibition space is called BASE, that's B A S E, and, and it's basically it's a shortening of book arts space, uh, the B, the A, and then the S and the E in space forming BASE. And um, basically, it's um, it's a very small exhibition space, which measures something like seventy six centimeters by thirty four centimeters by eighteen point five. So it's tiny. And it's eighteen point five. You're so precise. <laughs> I'm a bookbinder. I'm a bookbinder. <laughs> You've got to be precise about these things. And let's face it, the point five makes all the difference. All the difference. And it's it's basically it's it's because I, I I find it personally very difficult to, and have done in the past getting getting exhibition space because if you're a single book artist, the amount of work that you produce can be very very limited. You know, you and it's not like painting five ten book ten foot by eight foot canvases with a roller and going oh yeah that's great that's mm. one done and then there's another one done like that it's not like that and, and please i'm not belittling canvas artists by any stretch but just as an example and um I, I thought you know well well stop complaining mark and do it create your own exhibition space so i look around the, around the studio and, and there's this small little set of sort of shelf box things and I sort of eased it up to my window. I thought, hey, that fits. That, that could work. And then I sort of cobbled together a lighting system in it and everything else and padded it out with some nice bits of board and stuff like that. And, and I was moderately surprised with the results. I'm not going to say it looked professional because, let's face it, it doesn't. But it's great. And um, I'm in a studio complex, Old Muse Properties, and I think we've got about seven, eight, nine studios, different people, stained glass artist, a canvas artist, a uh, ceramics artist, a couture, all these different things happening. So it's quite a funky place to be working. And people are passing backwards and forwards and, and they see it. The problem is it's only about a foot and a half off the ground, which is about that much. 
So you've got to sort of crouch down and you're looking at it like this. So, so, so there is a bit, a bit of a journey to see it, but, it, but it's there and, 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 it's, and it's quite fun. And, well, um, well had, who, who said know, that uh, that art should be perfectly accessible? You need to, you know, it should be an endeavor to, the to, to reach it. <laughs> exactly. It's the journey. It's the journey. And it's that explorative essence to it, you know. And the inspiration came of it from, from two different uh, directions. Um, a few years ago, I was um, in Tokyo, and um, there's a very fashionable area of Tokyo called Ginza which is sort of like the Oxford Street of London, but Oxford Street in comparison looks like a dustbin, but let, we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> and so and so the footage, the area of footage space in Ginza, it's so expensive. And they've got these beautiful galleries and it's all very, very, very swish. And there is, and I, I, I was hoping, and I've, I've still got the postcard that I got from the gallery. And there is one gallery called Occupied. And it's actually in a toilet. And, <laughs> okay. and I thought, well, that's right. I thought, that's absolutely, that's fantastic. Because if you go to an art gallery, the average time that the average person spends in front of a particular piece is measured in seconds. They look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's a Rubens. Next one, that's a Rembrandt. Oh, yeah. And they move, and they move on. Very, very quick. And a lot of people now don't actually bother looking at the, phone, at, at the images or the sculpture or whatever it is. They're more interested in looking at themselves. And I thought the toilet is a great place to have an exhibition because you've got to spend a little bit more than a few seconds in there. <laughs> and you're sitting down. Not all the yeah. time, obviously, and some people, you know, whatever. But you've got a, a sort of a captive audience. And I, I, this was ticking away in the back of my head. And also I'm greatly inspired by the work of Maurice Cox. Now, he was a sort of a poet, an illustrator, an artist and a book artist and sculptor. And he was born in 1903 and he died in 1998 and he produced 70 artist books. All but one of them, so 69 books, but you know, editions, limited editions and all sorts of things, were produced on his kitchen table with very, very basic equipment. And they are now highly sought after. And one of the reasons why he started doing it himself is because he wanted to have full control. And it was a little sort of peeved at main publishers not taking on his work so he, again he thought I'll do it myself so he did and I, I've always taken that as a source of inspiration uh, from when I first found out about his work and everything else and if you do look online it's Morris Cox which is M-O-R-R-I-S then C-O-X his work is phenomenal and it was done with very I mean I do mean basic equipment also, this guy wasn't afraid to tackle new technology because in the 1980s, when he was getting, in his 80s, I suppose, when swinging on a press was a bit beyond him, he started producing work that was collaged and photocopied. So he was very sort of ahead of the curve, as it were. You know, he was working in a fanzine sort of way, but beautiful. I mean, and his work is seriously highly, highly, highly collected. And I've just been as I was sort of waiting to come online, looking at the prices of some of his work. And thankfully, I was sitting down uh, because I because I thought, oh, dear, I wish I'd bought some when they weren't so expensive. But they are it's beautiful work. And his life is a, an inspiration for me, really, really is. Yeah. So, so, so in a so, nutshell, that's where base comes yeah. from. 
So with with your smaller uh, exhibition space and yes. uh, your inspiration coming from uh, these uh, Japanese toilets, you have some room to expand in the future. <laughs> uh, yes, well, I I can only get bigger. That's that's the good thing about this, you see. <laughs> and it's almost like <clears throat> the, the second part of this is is it's about the size of a suitcase, and this has got me thinking. I could actually have a traveling exhibition in a suitcase. And, and there's no way I'm going to get my work in Tate Modern, but I can stand outside Tate Modern with my suitcase open. And it'd be like, it'd be sort of like guerrilla exhibitioning. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Dinner, do you want uh, another idea? You know, those fleshers from the 80s. Uh. Yes. Se uh, se yes. Selling watches. There is a one-man gallery in Moscow. He visits all the openings and he brings all his art with him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think I know. I've seen that somewhere. I have seen it. The the thought did did enter my. It did sort of cross my mind, and I thought, well, that sort of thing in the UK, obviously not Russia, but in the UK, is 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 could be deemed as illegal. Um. Walking around with the Mac and exposing, you know, um, you know, I'd, I'd have to be very careful about it. Select well, audience only. At, at least in some ways, Russia is more free than the United Kingdom. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm beginning to realise that. I'm beginning to realise that. I really, really am. You know, in Russia, there is a saying: uh, "Strictness of the law is compensated by." Uh, non-obligatory uh, following of it so <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me it really does and I, th I I'll try that I'll try that the next time I'm, I'm in the company of of, of, a, of of a policeman and see just see how far I can get um, so what was your uh, what was your first exhibition in this and, new exciting place this, this is this is before before mark you answer uh, we started discussing this uh, uh, this episode of our podcast with you when when you uh, uh, had uh, began your project and uh, I, I invited you to talk about it and you were like well I only had one exhibition to the moment so there is not much to talk uh, but but uh, uh, currently have a third exhibition or, or, yes. or what <laughs> yeah um, time flies well, well, yeah, well, well, you see the beauty of that is is that I, I can sort of change it whenever I want and I normally only exhibit one thing because you can only get one thing in there so it's very easy to curate you know it's there's none of this well should we have it here or do, should we have it there it's it, it can only fit in there. So from a curation perspective, it, it's, it isn't so much of a challenge, um, but it's finding work that will fit in it. That is the challenge. And so obviously one's limited by, by the size. And uh, what I've done is I've also installed a sort of a fisheye mirror at the back. So you can see the reverse of what's happening because obviously you can't walk through the wall to see the other side of it. It's, the window. Good morning and welcome to Studio 5 going live outside broadcasting this morning. It's Sunday, it's pretty chilly in London but the birds are singing and the planes are flying. Where to and where they're carrying I've got no idea but hey ho that's British Airways. Anyway um, we're here for the inaugural opening of the first exhibition at BASE, Book Art Space uh, and where the featured artist is me. 
and the features work is automatic number one and it gives me great pleasure ladies and gentlemen thank you all very much indeed for turning up that was great thank you um gives me great pleasure to cut the bookbinders cord and announce that the exhibition is now open thank you all very very much indeed have a great day and this is studio five outside broadcast from chile london let's be safe out there see you later bye bye so so that's how i've got around it and um yeah it's uh, the, the first sorry getting back to pavel's uh, question um the 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 first exhibition i had was automatic uh which is basically a uh, sand book uh, which is basically, it's um, uh, a book box, which is uh, got sand in it over a corrugated surface. And every time you pick it up, it's like automatic writing. You get this essence of everything being different. It forms lines of text um, by a very, very gifted book artist, I have to say. I mean, stupendous. Um, and very, very pleasant as well, I have to say. And the second um, exhibit was... Um, uh, the book stops here, which is a small contemporary twist on a diptych, uh, collage diptych. Um, and again, it was uh, again by another very gifted uh, book artist, I have to say. Uh, and again, a, a, again, equally very. And they're very diverse too. I very, have to say. Very, very. Uh, uh, yes, do you do we have, work, any, do we have is... any any plans on inviting um, less yes. gifted artists? Yes, I am. When when things get <laughs> gifted, um, when. <laughs> When I get um, when I get a portfolio of exhibitions together that I can market it with, well, I will be, no. Quite seriously, I have had a couple of people contact me saying, you know, um, can I exhibit? And I've said, well, yes, you can. All you need to do is get the work to me, give them the dimensions, and then we take it from there. So yes, I am open to other people exhibiting. Why not? I'm I'm always up for that sort of thing. Um, it's um, it's just the idea of it. People, these people saying, look, we've seen it. We really want to be part of this. And I'm going, are you sure you really want to be part of this? You know, so, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm more than up for it. And I, I, in actual fact, I would welcome other people to, to get in touch with me about it because um, it could be the start of something where, you know, the majority of people have got a window space somewhere or other. Uh, maybe on the 30th floor of a, a block of flats, but you've still got a wing, window space and you can have your own exhibition gallery and everything else and start at maybe this worldwide transient window exhibition affair thing. You never, ever know. So, yeah, things start from small acorns. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, when I, first, uh, when I first heard uh, about uh, this exhibition space of yours, I thought you were uh, inspired by those posters that people were putting into their windows in the beginning of the pandemics. Yes. Uh, they, that, lo that looked more like a call for help, you know? Yeah, than... exactly. It's a big one saying help or food required. That was usually on student accommodation, I think you'll find. Um, yeah, but well, yeah, they, they always require food. That's, uh, they that's do, what, yes. What yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, with, with that, yeah, there is that. I mean, I, this is one of the things. I mean, we, sometimes we don't take um, advantage of what we've actually got. I've got foot, very limited at the moment footfall outside the studio. But it's an opportunity. And why not? I mean, if if I don't do it for myself, nobody else is going to do it for me. And, um, you know, I have to keep the CV ticking over 
um, you know, there haven't been involved in that many exhibitions over the last year, but I, at least I can say, oh yeah, well, I did three exhibitions at base and people say, oh, you're not looking at see, oh, base, oh, base, London, oh, London. So um, from that perspective, it, it's, you know, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but it's also got a sort of serious side to it as well. So yeah, why not? A friend of mine uh, made a really small white cube for his first exhibition and exhibited <laughs> everything inside it. Yes, yeah, so. it's fantastic. I mean, you think when you take, you, you can get these sort of little photograph booths, you know, to, to photograph small objects and things. And Well, you know, the light's perfect in those. And you can view it and you get these little turntables that turn things around. I mean, it's, and also if you're working in a little space, you've got this border, but it also concentrates the viewer's perspective. They're not clouded by what's happening around them. They're, they're zoned in to that one particular object. So it can be a very um, potent way of allowing people to see what you're doing. Uh, and I think it's great. Uh, why not? I mean, there, I think there is a gallery in London called White Cube, isn't there? Yeah. You, you said that uh, you can only go uh, bigger uh, yes. from, from this point and, uh, and, uh, and the other things that was that uh, uh, from curator's point of view, there is maybe, maybe not, not no challenge, but less challenge. But uh, here's the challenge for you. Uh, what if you go uh, for miniature books and well, you can fill the space with it, lots of... <laughs> It's funny, it's funny you should say that because the diptych I put in was a miniature. It was under three inches. Okay. <laughs> and so what I, what I had to do is sort of create an audience out of cut out Victorian ladies. And I hand coloured these and I put those in the window as well to make it look a little bit busier. <laughs> Otherwise, even though it's a small space, this book took up such a tiny area. You think, what is that? You're looking, oh, I can't see him. But yeah, so um, yeah, but again, it's a, it, that's sort of harking back to the um, these uh, paper peep shows um, that you know you uh, of great events and things like that that you could see and do. Um, uh, you know, you look through a little aperture and there'd be a series of sheets of paper um, with a view and you know people playing instruments and things like that. So again, there is that aspect to it as well. So I, yeah, I, I have fun with it. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's mine. And, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's also really, uh, uh, really easy to make a dynamic by, uh, background, like you put an, uh, an iPad, so yeah. you, can, you can even make something uh, interactive, like a camera. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is one of the things, when we go, when I, in the, you know, before everything happened, one would go to an exhibition and you'd see these beautiful books, but there's no real backstory to it. All right, you've got a little piece of paper that says it's bound by in, blah, 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 like that. And for people like us, that's interesting. That's all the information we need because we understand what we're looking at. But for people going to an exhibition for the first time, they don't, they, yeah, they see a book and they think, okay, what, what is so special about this? And I think with the technology we've got at the moment, you know, an iPad in there with, you know, continuous slideshow of somebody explaining what they're doing images of the making of it etc etc it adds to the backstory and it also gives it more gravity gives it more weight as an object and it explains the story of the book as well so that's something i actually have been looking into and <clears throat> when i've done public events 
um, giving free workshops and things at uh, antiquarian book fairs and things like that. I take my computer with me and I have that plugged in and, um, and I've got a, a rolling film of me making a book and other things happening. So, so that people get a, um, the backstory to what they're actually seeing and being involved in. And it gives a far more holistic view of, of our world, a, a little bit of an insight, if you will. When, when you told that uh, your first exhibit was uh, was a sandbook uh, uh, and uh, talking more about uh, bringing another dimension to this exhibition, I thought about this, you know, when, when you go to Ikea, they, they have these stands where they show how they uh, push the chairs or open the drawers or something like that. So I thought maybe you need to add this mechanical element to your ex exhibition. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So this book can survive yeah. 10,000 openings. <laughs> <laughs> I could just do it once and just keep repeat. I mean, that would just do it, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, actually I, I was thinking about I don't remember which museum it was, one of about a dozen that have a full Audubon set, you know, the Birds of, uh, the Birds of America, yeah. his, his great book. And uh, most of them usually uh, turn uh, a page once every day or a few days. And yeah. one of the museums made an actual rig that turns the, uh, the page every now and then. I mean, imagine that. It would um, be, but yeah, remember guys, it's only 76 centimeters by 34 centimeters by 18.5 <laughs> centimeters. It's 0.5 that's different. Well, to if, get if, that sort if, of apparatus if, if, in there. If, <laughs> if they put, uh, you know, 10 by 10 centimeter uh, uh, satellites to space, <laughs> I think you can invent something. What I, could have, what, what I could have is a pair of gloves coming in from the back, which I can put my hands in. <laughs> And, and, and these mysterious hands just occasionally turn a page over and then they disappear into the back. That, that could work. I'm, I'll make a note of that, actually. Gloves. Uh, you'd have to lie down, I assume. It's uh, on the floor, right? Well, I, I, unfortunately, I can't give you any details of what happens at, at the back of the uh, of base because it would give the game away. But... <laughs> Needless to say, it's not actually from my perspective at ground floor. You've got to remember that I'm only five foot four. So for me, it's, <laughs> it's about the right height. Um, no, uh, funnily enough, the, outs I, um, the walkway outside the studio is about what, 10 centimeters higher than the floor of my studio. So it's not so difficult for me to gain entrance. Let's, let's put it like that. <laughs> but, I'm, but I can't show you the back of it because it's... For security reasons, I just can't. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Security. <laughs> yeah, security is also one, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about because, you know, especially if you if you want to invite uh, uh, other people to yes. uh, join the exhibition, it may be. Yes. Uh, you couldn't well, you couldn't possibly insure it without no, disclosing no. your security arrangement. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yes, yeah. Um, I think that the uh, that that is something that I will have to discuss with people that they would have to insure it themselves, or just send me absolute rubbish that they're not bothered about, um, I, and that way, then then nobody's then yeah, no, nobody's hurt if it all goes wrong, you know. So um, I may have set a press. I may have set the bar for the exhibition 
for the, for the standard of work a little bit low there. But, you know, it's, it's a good point. I'll make another note of that, insurance. <laughs> insurance. Right, good. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, uh, so, I, so I wanted to, uh, to ask you uh, mm. if other people are doing anything of the sort at the moment, because you can't be the only one. I can't be, I can't be the only one. I can't be Try striving one. to show your work. How are other book artists showing their that's work? A, that's a very that's a very good question. Um, in London, um, we're very very lucky in that uh, we do have a number of shops that do take in people's works. But I've been organized. I've been involved in one, two, three, four online exhibitions during the last sort of year, and that seems to be a way of um, getting the work seen by quite a lot of people. Um, I think one of the, the revelations for me is, and it's something that's so obvious, really, is that we do have this medium where we can, you know, talk to each other miles away. And, you know, it goes on the internet and it will be there forever. So that, you know, there are benefits to this. We're a downside as well, but there are benefits. One of the things of having a venued exhibition is that the people that are can get to it are the only people that can get to it. The rest of the world don't know it's happening. So I think when lockdown, when this thing finishes and we do get back to a sense of normality, I think a lot of people will also be continuing to do stuff online because it's a worldwide experience, not just so, you know, taking images or moving images or going live from the exhibition venue, doing walkthroughs, doing talkthroughs. And also from the perspective of the single book artist or single binder or a single artist, as I've shown, you don't need a huge setup to have an exhibition and for it to get, I'm not gonna say worldwide acknowledgement because you know there's only about seven people that know about base, eight, nine, including you two. And so, from that perspective, you can actually get your work seen by an awful lot of people. And I've sold work this year from online exhibitions. So it does work. And I think it's a medium that we can really embrace and go forward with. And it's people like you as well who are doing this, I think is extraordinarily important because again, it, it keeps the momentum going. It gives an insight into why people work and how they work and where they work. Again, it's this all important backstory. It's almost like a documentary almost. Um, because if one's in an exhibition venue, you're not gonna get the, the majesty of the studio in the background, such as this, for example. Um, and uh, as I say, that, that aspect of it, I think has been lacking in a lot of exhibitions I have been part of, I have been part of. And it's something that I want to embrace and bring forward to exhibitions that I will, I hopefully will be part of in the future. So I think that's a very, very important aspect. Um, and I think also the, the essence of the online exhibition has, has gained more importance during this last year, because it has been one of the only ways in which artists, creative people, have been able to get their work seen, to get their message across, to explain what they do and how they do it. Um, and they've been able to engage with people that they would never be able to engage with, an audience that would never have known them. Now, 
they perhaps know their work or know a little bit about the artist and the creative pathways and everything else. So it's, I think it's, it's, there have been huge downsides to the last year, but there've also been great positive things happening as well. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I, it's, that's, that's what I would like to be able to do in the future is to take what I've learned from this last year, you know, my own little exhibition space and start pushing it forward and then get, encouraging other people to do it as well. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I think I'll be I'll be doing if if that answers the question. Yeah, I was also <clears throat> wondering. Um, book world is a very face-to-face -face world. So yeah. when you sell your books, you you usually sell it to collectors yeah. who you interact with, and they they like that too. I mean, it's yeah. always nice. To, uh, to know who you buy from. How does it work now? Do you, how do you interact with your clients? Well, well for example, with uh, one of the exhibitions, um, uh, you know, the work is put on, on you know, in, in the online catalogue, if you like, um, with the usual description. But what also comes with that are contact details. So if the person is interested and wants to have a face-to-face, -face, well, they can have a face-to-face. I can talk about the work with them. I can have the work in my hand. I can show them it. I can go through with it. I can describe it and all these other things. It's, it's just that there isn't the physical contact, but there is the emotional contact. There is the visual contact. There is the essence of being able to hear what's happening and, and, and sense it. And of course, you know, um, if one, one posts, because we're posting stuff and that sort of thing, again, if the customer isn't, entirely happy with it then they can always post it back i mean that's not a for me that's not an issue i mean that's the way that one works um but hopefully after that dialogue and being able to see things close up and um i've got a, a lazy susan which is a sort of a revolving table thing and i make short films and i revolve it around so you get a 360 degree view of it and that sort of thing and it also means that the the collector, the client, the person who's interested in the work, they can take their time, they can replay that film. They can, you know, they don't have to make a snap decision there and then. They can ponder it, they can think. And again, I think that's important. And let's face it, we've all bought stuff online. We're all doing it. Um, <laughs> you know, whether it is, you know, your IKEA bed that's been tested 10,000 times. Or, you know, a pair of pencils from the, you know, from, from some sports shop. We've, we've all done it over the last year. The majority of us, of, of us have anyway. So I think that way of um, people engaging, collecting, buying and selling, again, it's a new avenue for a lot of artists and creative people. It's what we've had to do. We've had to adopt. We've had to change. We've had to develop new skills that allow us to do this. And again, that for me is a is a, a surely a benefit. Nothing will ever take the place of a real exhibition, being able to see the real thing. But this is very close, you know, and it's also when you think about it, if you've got an exhibition in London and you're a collector in Tokyo, the airfare of getting over all of a sudden makes whatever you buy very, very expensive. Whereas with the internet, 
yeah, there are costs, of course, you know, there's the connection fees, there's the computer itself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a fraction of an airfare price and it's a fraction of the postage price. So, sorry, a postage is a fraction of the price of an airfare ticket. So again, it's a, it's a different way of working. It's um, being flexible, being able to see avenues that you can go down to get things done, not just sitting there and going, well, I can't do anything. But you've got to do something. You know, that's what an artist does. They, they do stuff. And um, yeah, so I've learned from this and I'll, I'll be moving forward with it. So, as usual, uh, many thanks to our viewers and our supporters. Please join the crowd on Patreon to uh, help us uh, pay for editing of these uh, videos and podcasts. And uh, check the links below. And, uh, well, join the crowd, share, like, subscribe, ring the bell. And see you next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>